Hey guys, quick announcement before the show. I'll be posting a link to a survey in the show notes. It's also currently on our Facebook page. If you guys could just uh, go over there and go through the survey, it's pretty quick and easy. It'll just ask you some demographic questions and it'll just help me create better content for y'all. So if you guys could please help me out with that, that'd be great. And of course, as always, make sure you follow us on Instagram at AOTB underscore cast, on Twitter at AOTB cast, um, on Facebook, if you go to facebook.com uh, backslash aliens on the border, all one word. And if you have any questions or you're trying to get on the show or just um, want to drop a line or anything, make sure you email us at aotb.cast at gmail.com. All right. Um, this is a pretty fun episode. Hung out with Ms. Jules Elena. It's pretty interesting. We get to talk about the differences she experienced growing up as a Muslim in a predominantly Latino uh, conservative town of Laredo. So, yeah, we talk about that. We talk about music. We talk about films. And, oh, yeah, we kind of get into the movie Hereditary. Hereditary, sorry. So, spoiler alerts. Anyways, enjoy the episode. And here it is, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. Aliens on the border. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found faster than light spaceship of the future. A direction of the President of the United States. Why is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? Is this the human race of the future? <laughs> All right, what's up, everyone? It's another episode of Aliens on the Border. As always, it's Josh checking in. And today we have the lovely Ms. Jules Aliana. Am I saying that right? Elena. Elena. But I'm sorry. Close enough. Close that was kind of close. That was kind of close. I know you said that your, your real name is pronounced differently. Can you say that for everyone? Yes. Yeah, so my real name is Julia Aliana. Oh, okay. I can't even say it sometimes. It's a deep glottal sound, like a... And so when I try explaining it to people, like people kind of hurt themselves saying it. So I'm like, you know what? It's all right. Just say Elena, Alina sometimes. I mean, whatever makes people comfortable. I'm not picky with names. For sure. And so I wanted to bring you onto uh, the podcast just to, we met, like, what was it, like two weeks ago? We already? did. Yeah, we did two we weeks first ago. met two weeks ago doing uh, Agustin's podcast, Boogaloo Radio. And the topic then was the Gaza Strip situation yes. and all of that. Uh, it was interesting, very informative, because as I mentioned that day, I was super, like, uh, um, ignorant. ignorant. Yeah, yeah, that was the word you used. Yeah. And it was like, don't say that. There's <laughs> the opportunity to learn. Uninformed. And I, I hope that you did learn something oh, yeah, for sure. during that session, because that was something. We went from topic to topic, for, but for the most part, we, we stay focused on the yeah. Palestinian cause. Yeah, it was and really great. It, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a fun time, fun interview, mm-hmm. hangout, interview slash hangout. And so the reason I wanted to invite you to uh, my podcast is to kind of explore growing up here in Laredo as a Muslim, as a yeah. Palestinian woman, yeah. um, all of that stuff. So let's, okay, let's cool. jump right into it. Let's, so, okay, for everyone listening that probably haven't heard the last episode, let's give them a little bit of background about yourself. All right, so I am a Palestinian Lebanese woman, partly raised in Laredo, and um, the other part was in Lebanon. And so uh, my family is Muslim, 
And um, yeah, so growing up in Laredo was interesting considering that 99% of the, the population is Hispanic and I'm probably one of the only Arabs here in Laredo or was for the, you know, the longest time. So yeah, um, I'm 22 years old. I'm going to school at Tamuk. Uh, for those that don't know, it's Texas A&M in Kingsville. And I'm studying speech language pathology. So that's what I'm doing right now. And so far, so good. Um, I don't know what else to add. Yeah, that's a little bit about me. That's the rundown. That's that's good. I think that's a, Did I that's miss a good. Anything? No, that's a that's a good starting okay. point there. And let's let's flesh some of that out. So you were raised partly here in Laredo. Let's I talk was. about that. How long were you here? Like, were you born here? Was yeah. So my mom gave birth here. It's a long story. Let's that tell I, it. We okay. got the time. All right. Okay. So uh, my parents were visiting my cousin who had a store open here in downtown Laredo. And he, um, it was a sportswear company. And he also dealt with like the import-export business. Now, I don't know the specifics, but that, that's pretty much all I know. So he was like, hey, I really need help with my store. And my dad is very business savvy. Um, he got his um, grad diploma in business and business administration or something like that. So he's, you know, he's into that stuff. And so my cousin basically was like, hey, you want to like come to the States and help me out with the store because I'm making bank and I'd like to share it with you. You're starting your new family. You know, he had just gotten married to my mom. Um, my dad, I have a stepsister, so he had like a daughter already. And so, you know, they were like a fresh new family. And my dad really needed the help, honestly, financially. So he was like, why not? Let's just jump at the opportunity. But let me scope this out first. Because I don't want to say yes right away without knowing what I'm fully getting myself into. So he decided to visit Laredo. But my mom was heavily pregnant with me at the time. And I don't even know if that was, like, a safe thing for her to do, to, like, fly while she was pregnant. But whatever. That's besides <laughs> the point. So they came to Laredo. And my dad was basically, he basically shadowed my cousin for like two weeks and he saw how much money he was making and that it was a booming business. And he was like, yes, I'm all in. And then my mom, this, you know, she started, her water broke and she gave birth to me here. So that's the story of how I was born, <laughs> of how I came to be. And how long were you in Laredo for? Because you mentioned you moved to Lebanon for a while, right? Yeah, so, okay, you can't travel with a newborn baby, of course. So um, I was about, so they raised me here up until I was like six months, I believe. They went back, came back when I was two years old, and we stayed pretty much up until I was in middle school, in sixth grade, I believe, we decided to move back, and that was when we decided to move back permanently. Like, we thought we were going to stay there for good. We back to Lebanon, right? Yeah, okay. we were going to stay there for good. We weren't going to come back to Laredo. That was the plan. Um, we left in the middle of the school year, school year, I remember, and then um, we stayed there for about two months, and um, an internal conflict happened in Beirut. So it was like um, a war broke out between like the different religious sects in Beirut, which is the the major the capital of Lebanon, and it became just really unsafe for us to be there. And so my dad was like, "Okay, yeah, like I cannot raise my children here. It's my my country. I love Lebanon. Um, I was mostly my parents were mostly raised in Lebanon, being that we were kicked out of Palestine. My family was kicked out of Palestine, and um, yeah, they we stayed there for about two to three months." decided to move back to um, the States. And I believe I've like gone back like every summer since then, except for the past two summers because of school. So yeah, that's, yeah. And so like, when 
in your preteen years in middle school, how how did you feel like knowing that you were about to move to a different country, like on the other side of the world? Um, I was I was sad because I had already like it was always very hard for me to make friends considering how different I was and um, in elementary. I would have, like, this was, like, a reoccurring problem where I would bring a friend over and I would introduce my friend's parents to my parents. And being that my, my parents are Muslim and my mom wears a hijab, she's a hijabi, um, it scared a lot of people and intimidated a lot of people. And they didn't want their son or daughter to hang out with me anymore. And so it was really hard for me to make friends growing up. And then by the time I got to middle school, I'd already formed, like, a cute, like, group group of friends and I just did not want to let go of that because I worked so hard to have that and I was like oh my god I finally feel like I'm connecting with people here and I have friends now and now we're gonna make me move back to a country that like I'm familiar with and that I I love but it's like I'm gonna have to start all over again and it just sucked you know um and then it wasn't so bad once we moved over there I kind of like forgot about my life in the states like pretty quickly, it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did miss it, of course, like the food and stuff. Like, how can how can I like not miss that? But yeah, so it was difficult for sure. And while you were in Lebanon, uh, uh, how long were you there before you moved back? Before I moved back, like about I would say three to four months, like oh, okay, three okay. and a half months. Yeah, like a good three and a half months. But those three and a half months felt like forever for some reason. When I came back, like I was honestly culture shocked a little bit. Um, we still had school, so it was, like, the last bit of the school year. I think I came back, like, around towards the end of April. Excuse me. And, yeah, I remember walking into school. Like, I remember this so vividly. I remember walking in. Um, I went to Trotman Middle School, and it was when everybody was changing classes. It was in the middle of, like, a transition, and I just, like, stood there frozen, and I could not move, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't belong here, and it was a really weird feeling for me, and um, luckily, I had a friend that I had before moving, um, that I made before moving um, to Lebanon, and she went up to me. She was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, I have, you have my class, like, you know, next, so I'll just walk you over. Yeah, and she walked me over. It was so sweet, but I remember feeling really culture shock for the first two, three weeks, and then I quickly got into the pace of things. I was like, okay, yeah, this is my life again. So, Growing up as a Muslim here, did, were you, like, immersed in it completely? Like, would you also wear the hijab and stuff? Or No. So this is a, a misconception that a lot of people have about Islam. They think that um, families force a hijab on their, their daughters or their female relatives. And that's not true. They, I mean, it is still true in most, in some cases, especially... Uh, for people living in Saudi Arabia, where it's still very conservative and very old school. Um, but I was raised, again, my family was raised in Lebanon. So Lebanon, um, they consider it the the Paris of the Middle East. It's very liberal. Uh, people dress how they want. Like, they, they dress pretty provocative and pretty scandalous. So, yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't ever, like, forced upon me. Um, I did at one point, because I had <laughs> bleached my hair, like... Sometime in middle school, and I just hated it. So I, I was like, you know what? Like, F it. I'm going to become a hijabi. <laughs> and I, I put it up for, like, five days. But being that we live in Laredo, where it's super fucking hot all the time, I was like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I took it off. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it's it way too hot for, for, for that around Yeah, here. it was. Because like, you have to wear a long sleeve. You can't, you can't show... Um, your neck or your your legs, right? Like you have to wear long sleeve, long pants. You can show like your face, obviously. 
I, I mean, there's different types of hijab, um, right? And so, like, the one that I'm most familiar with and the one that my family agrees with is just, like, the regular hijab, like, the one that most people think of, where you just, you can see the person's face, but their head is obviously covered. Like their a feet burka, isn't it? Um, a burka is, like, that long, black oh, okay, um, okay, okay, yeah. ro- robe, almost, looking okay. thing. Yeah. Super rough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. That's what I'm here for. Exactly. To knock down those misconceptions. (laughs) Cool. And that's what I wanted you to be here for. And to kind of just, I don't know, uh, just talk about your experience as that. And even now, because if, I mean, people are not going to be able to see you because we're not doing a video. Yeah. Thank God for that because I look terrible today. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. Don't lie. But um, (laughs) you just don't don't look like a typical, like, like the first time that we met, Mm -hmm. what I, like, I thought like, whoa, like you look like you're from like Monterrey or something even. Yeah. Would you say, like, I look racially ambiguous? Because yeah, a lot of people, sure. like, come up to me and they're like, okay, so are you, like, Hispanic? And I'm like, no, try again. And they're like, okay, you're French. And I'm like, I could see French happening for try sure. Try again. <laughs> but, like, the last thing that people say is Arab. Like, they never, ever guess Arab. And I'm just like, bro, why? But I get it because, like, in Lebanon, I'm, like, the outcast. Because everybody is, like, your skin tone. Like, that really pretty tan color. Yes. Thanks. He's, like, I, you I can't see you. him, but he put his <laughs> hands up, like, jazz hands. It was really cute. But anyways, um, they have, like, your skin tone and, like, colored eyes and, like, light hair. And me being pale skin, poo-poo colored eyes, poo-poo colored <laughs> hair, you know? And it's just, like, I'm obviously the outcast. And it's really weird. Like, everybody there is, like, so attractive. But yeah, like a lot of people don't guess Arab because I don't look like the stereotypical Arab person or Lebanese person. I guess. Interesting. So how, how do you feel like you, your Muslim upbringing has like shaped your worldview? Do you feel like it's giving you like maybe, well, obviously, I guess different sets of values, I would assume, or yes. I, I don't know, because again, it's all very, very alien to me. I grew up mm-hmm. like here in Laredo, predominantly Hispanic, predominantly right. Catholic and all that good stuff. So like. I mean, I'm sure there's several parallels, just different, you know, like names or mm-hmm. different details, whatever. But yeah, so what, how do you feel like that's influenced your your life in general? Um, I think it's given me a lot of structure, a lot of discipline. That's something that I'm so grateful for because growing up, my parents were very strict. I wasn't allowed to hang out with like certain people. Like my parents would scope out my friends and be like, okay, that's a bad apple. I don't want you to hang out with that person. Or, um so I would like my I would have to come home. Let's say I would go out with my friends. I would have to be back by like 9 p.m. And then in high school that changed to like 11 p.m. So I would have to come home before 11 p.m. I was always the last, like the first person to go um, at parties or at events. And it was I hated it for a long time. But now that I'm older, um, I was reflecting on this the other day. I realized it gave me a lot of discipline and it made me a much more focused person and. I see my friends that, like, are still wilding out. Like, you know, they went, they're still going through that phase where there's, like, fuck, going fucking crazy and partying and stuff, and they don't really have any structure to their lives and don't really know what direction they want to go into. And I do. Like, my parents always told me, like, that's, it, I get that it's fun, and I get that it's tempting, and you want to indulge in that, but there are, there are times for that. You will have, well, first, you work hard, you go to school, and you get your life in order, and then fun comes. So I was always taught work first, play after. And I, I'm very thankful for that because um, I feel like it's done me a lot of good in my life. And now that I'm almost close to graduating, I feel like, okay, 
my work is almost done. Now my life begins and I get to have fun and I'll get to travel and I'll get to do a lot of the things that I wasn't really allowed to do growing up. And so I have a lot of life experiences to catch up on. But it's not, it's not something that like gets me down because I, I can't really relate to a lot of people um, when they say, oh, like we traveled here by myself or on a solo trip or with my boyfriend or with my, you know, and I, I can't really relate to those kind of things because I, I wasn't allowed to do that for a very long time or I haven't had the opportunity to do that. And, and so um, I'm looking forward to experiencing that, like traveling on my own and being able to do things that I wasn't allowed to do growing up. And yeah, I feel like, It'll be it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that that stage in my life or that chapter. Yeah, I can relate a lot to what you mentioned with like a lot of the people in your age group. I mean, we're in similar age groups. I'm, yeah. I'm, I just turned 25 this past Friday, but um, you're still a baby. Yeah, we both are. Yeah. But <laughs> but um, yeah, like I see a lot of people, and I won't like. I felt like I was into that phase for a minute too, mm-hmm. as far as like just continuously going out every weekend and like oh, you know, like fucking off and shit. Yeah. But I don't know. Like slowly, I feel like I'm just trying to uh, fuck not do that so much and focus more on like where I'm trying to be and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just trying to. I don't know. I felt. To me, it felt like more of people just trying to numb, be numb and not live in the moment. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Because like, uh, I was actually hanging out with a friend of mine. Who, he plays drums for a band here. That's another episode that'll come out later. But um, <laughs> it's the... Want to yeah, give him a shout out? Yeah. So, what's up, Caleb? AK, <laughs> AK Ghost. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> and you might have seen him around. He'll, he'll wear, like, Spider-Man suits and be out there, like, in... Really? Yeah, like... He's super, super, yeah, he's, like, super, super lit, quote-unquote lit. And, um, yeah, and, like, we're, we're, we were talking about that, and, like, it was interesting to see, like, his point of view because he, he was talking about, like, dealing with depression and stuff like that. And he's yeah. using, like, he's in a better place now mentally, but also kind of using that as an escape and stuff. And I, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I want to just check out and go, like, be numb, you know, just to right. drink Right, because that only prolongs like, the problem. Exactly. It only prolongs the problem, and it won't do you any justice. That's the way I see it. Yeah, but... But, Caleb, take care of yourself. I'm glad <laughs> you're doing better, but, man, yeah. alcohol, drugs are not the, <laughs> not the problem. Meditate, no. meditate. Yeah, oh, as, f- as far as meditation, is that, like, a thing that's in, like, uh, the religion? Um, meditation, no, no. Um, but I've recently adopted it in my lifestyle. That's one of the things that I wanted. It was one of my New Year's resolutions to become more spiritual. Now, I knew nothing about meditation, and I still feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. But when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do, can I say that I, I take a hit? Like I smoke yeah, a bowl? Yeah, you can talk whatever you okay, want. I this smoke is... a bowl of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my pot. Um, but like a baby bowl, you know, and just to get my day started. And then I'll like sit down, cross-legged on the floor and just kind of be like, okay, today I'm going to have a great day. Things may happen that may like derail me from having a great day, but it's not going to kill me at the end. Of the, you know, so I'm just like giving myself a pep talk. Yeah, a little morning pep to, talk. Yeah, to treat people with goodness and love and to encounter every every situation with love. And um, that's like my way of meditating to just kind of like calm me down because I'm a very anxious person, like naturally, like I'm always just like on edge. And um, I I went through the the medicinal route and that wasn't for me. Um, So now I'm just kind of like, all right, I smoke my weed, I do my meditation. 
and I go about my day and I try to spend like 15, 20 minutes outside. Um, but recently I've been like really spending a lot of time outdoors and I feel like that's helped so much. So I just want to say out like to people, if you're listening to this, if you're experiencing sadness or going through depression or anxiety, dude, go outside, man. Like go outside, let your skin soak up the sun. Just lie down. Even if it's by yourself and you feel like a dipshit, just do it. Like, I promise you will feel so good at the end. But, like, probably wait until, like, 6 or 7 p.m. Because so I don't want you to get a sunburn. Yeah, I don't want yeah, you to get Especially here in Laredo. <laughs> yeah, especially for the Laredo listeners. Be careful in the heat. Keep some water close by, please. Sunscreen. SPF 50. That's yeah, necessary. That, too. You know, but I, I can totally relate to that. Like, I feel I stumbled upon meditation by way of, like, psychedelic experiences Later, like, yeah, later on, like, well, I guess I was, like, what, like, 22, 23? And then that whole thing just kind of, like, fell into my lap. And so, like, since then, I've been, like, I've, I'm not going to say sit here and say that I fucking meditate every day. and like, mm-hmm. But, like, there's definitely, like, a, a sense of just being a little bit more mindful in general, you know, and just yeah. understanding that, like, even, like, the emotions that one feels at any given moment is just, like, the emotion itself, not to let it overtake who you are and... Right. Just being being mindful that, I don't know, any, every action that you take or, like, the intent behind your action kind yes. of ripples through and affects other people, too. So Yes. That's something that, like, I've been practicing, too, to make, like, every action, every one of my actions, every one of my words, my sentences, my body movements, like, that much more intentional and just to, like, focus all of my energy on, like, a single entity, like, right now. There's so many things that, like, are distracting me because right now we're in the Boogaloo. So if you've been to the Boogaloo, you would know it's a fucking sick-ass place. And so, like, I am tempting or, like, fighting the urge to just kind of, like, wander my eyes about. And I'm still doing it right now (laughs) as I speak. But um, I've been doing really good on just, like, focusing my energy and my awareness on one entity at a time. And, like, right now, like, I'm, I'm really trying to focus in this moment like be yeah, in the well, present be here now. Yeah. and just like I'm so I'm so thankful to be here I, I hope you know that like I'm really thankful that you asked me to be here and and so yeah um that's something that like I've been practicing mindfulness I guess you could say just like exactly making everything just that much more intentional and with love and to let like the people in my life know like I'm here in the present with you and I appreciate being in this moment with you and I I want people to know that so yeah I know I feel that like, we've become so accustomed to just instant gratification with, like, the technology that we currently have at our disposal. Yes. That we spend so much time, like, being just, not necessarily being self-absorbed, but just lost in your own thoughts. And then, like, the voice that reaches out to interact with other people isn't always exactly, like, matching up to what you actually truly feel inside. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense, because I feel that way as well. I feel that way as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to, like, think... Um, about like you know like people can definitely feel what you're going through like if you're just not well within or you're just having an off day and no matter like how composed you may seem on the outside people will feel that it's like a shift in your energy and your vibe and people 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 like will will catch on to that and it just doesn't make people feel nice or you know it's like I want people to feel good around me and just to be relaxed and stuff and I have to I always try to be mindful of that like okay you're having an off day and stuff, but don't put that, don't project that onto like the people around you. It's not about them. Like you have to just really um, kind of work through that and just project love and project good energy and positivity because people will catch on to the bad vibes and 
you know, the negative energy For and sure. like not want to be around you and yeah. stuff. And so, yeah, and I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I feel like those lower frequencies are just like the low hanging fruit, you know, like where some people might feel that it's easy to live there. Cause I don't know, for one reason or the other, right? And to just continuously, like, be... I don't know what the exact wording is that I'm looking for, but uh, hmm, just, like, in a, in a constant, like, upset state, I guess. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. like, they, for them to to seed, like, oh, like, I'm being an, an asshole mm-hmm. is, like, difficult for some people to do, you know? And they're just like, no, I'm right all the fucking time. Yeah. And you deal with that shit. You know, and, and like, there's... There's certain times that, like, that attribute is necessary, but, like, most of the time, whenever it's just, like, interactions with, like, loved ones or friends and stuff, like, mm-hmm. why why even be that way, you know? Like, why? Right. I don't know. That's just me speaking there, but... I mean, I find that, like, whenever I encounter an unpleasant person or just a person that's just, like, off-putting, I, I do get kind of, like, uh, like, why are you around me? And I, I kind of want to, like, distance myself from that person. But then I think about it, like, what is going on in their lives that's making them this way? That's making um, them treat people this way or have this kind of energy about them. And, dude, we, we don't know what people are going through, right? Unless you, like, get to the bottom of it and you ask, like, hey, how are you doing today? Or, you know, just ask people how they're doing. And you'll, like, be surprised at the way people open up and stuff. So I try to not let, like, unple- unpleasant encounters deter me because I'm like, dude, they're probably going through some shit that's, like, either like just really like they're going through it they're obviously going through it it's not even about me it's just whatever they're going through so you know that's something that I try to think about you mentioned that you were uh, still in school right now and I think the last time you spoke you were working on your master's right yes with uh, speech pathology in specific pathology yeah so yeah I I guess I can definitely see definitely see why you're in it I feel like with what you just explained to me like I mean I'm only assuming right now, but I'm assuming that like you're working with people that have needs, right? So you're yes. being like I work with nurturing the ki- entity. Yeah, right? yeah. I've always okay. been very nurturing. I work with the kiddos and the adults that nobody ever wants to be work with or be with or hang around with, and they're my favorite kind of people because they have like limited capabilities and they're flawed and probably every aspect of their life, but like it's what makes them so beautiful to me. And to see a child who has like doesn't speak at all to go from being nonverbal to saying I love you to their loved ones like that's everything like that moment like I I've witnessed a child who was nonverbal like two years prior say I love you to his mom for the first time and like the mom just like broke down like bawling on the floor and it's like just just those three little words like that's all it took for her world to change and for his world to change and so that's why I do what I do because I think I, I'm a naturally very um, empathetic person. I catch on to people's vibes. Like, even if you're so composed, I would know automatically if you're going through some shit, like, like I said. But, I, like, people, maybe I'm just, like, very naturally, like, I, yeah, I guess, like, empathetic. But um, I catch on to people's vibes, like, pretty quickly. And I'll, I'll like, know if something's wrong with you. And I, I try to get to the bottom of it because I'm, like, don't hold it in because that's only going comp- to prolong the pain and talk to me open up to me and I find that people do like I'm one of those people that like my friends will come to even strangers I've had strangers like and this happens to me a lot where I just sit down on a bench and the person next to me opens up to me starts to open up to me and it happens to me so much and it's like it's not a coincidence like I'm I consider myself like a healer of some sort and I take these as signs from God that they 
they need me to, you know, give them that talk or to even hug them. Because I'm a hugger, like I said last time. I don't know if you remember at the end. Yeah, I remember. I was like, I'm a hugger and I'm sorry, but I'm going to hug you anyways. And that's what I do. Like, towards the end, I'm just like, you know, I'm not that great with advice, but I'll listen to you if you need it. And I'll listen to your every word and I'll understand it and I'll rationalize it and I'll like, absorb it. And at the end, I'll just give you a hug. And I find that that really makes people feel better. And so, yeah, that's something that I really like about myself. An interesting characteristic that I feel that I've noticed amongst a lot of people that I would say are kind of in the same realm as you as far as, like, they're, they're over, uh, not overly empathetic, but, like, mm-hmm. uh, more empathetic than others. Mm-hmm. I noticed that they, they have difficulty with, like, expressing themselves to someone else. Do you feel like you're one of those two? Yes. I don't know if you've noticed, but it takes, um, like, it takes me a lot to get to my point. I'm always, like, you know, going around, like, the point that I'm trying to make. And yeah, yeah, I I do have um, trouble expressing myself. And maybe that just goes back to my first language and like the influence of that. But yeah, definitely. I'm not good with words, but I'm so much better with my actions. And I think, I mean, actions for me speak louder than words. So it's not something that like I beat myself up, up about because like a lot of people like do make fun of me. They're like, okay, get to the point. Like you're just you keep talking and you're not getting to the point. <laughs> I'm just like, bear with me, dude. Like, you know, I'm getting there. But yeah, definitely. I do have trouble expressing myself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's times. just something that like, like, I feel like I've noticed amongst mm-hmm. like people that are like that. And then I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like that, but uh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not going to say that I'm like super good with words, but I feel like it's, I'm somewhat concise at times. Yeah, yeah. I can be, I feel, but, but at the same time, I feel the exact like, shit like maybe not so much as to get my point across but as to actually just being like completely forthwith with everything i'm thinking about you know what i mean like yeah i'm just like oh so do you mean like you hold back sometimes yeah oh do you feel you do that i overshare that's my problem that i overshare and then i'm like oh fuck like i (laughs) shouldn't have probably said that like after the fact Because not everybody deserves to know For sure. things about you. And not everybody has the best intentions. And I've had to learn that the very fucking hard way. So yeah. um, that's something that I'm still trying to work on, dude. Like not having word vomit and oversharing bits about myself. Because I don't think everybody deserves to know me. And I'm not, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it like that to be, what's the word, mamona? Is that, I yeah. recently re- like learned that word. Like I'm not trying to be mamona or anything. But like. Yeah, not everybody deserves to know my thoughts and stuff because not everybody will appreciate it. And so I know that like my my selection, like my very few friends and my family will appreciate my thoughts. So those are the people that I try to like overshare with and not strangers. But it's hard when you're f- drunk, you know, out oh, yeah. somewhere like at the beer garden or downtown happy hour. Like I'm just like, you know, I turn to the person next to me and I'm like, hey, like this is what's going on in my life. <laughs> like as I'm waiting for my drink and I'm just like, what are you doing? Or like, you know, and I, I get to know them and they're just like looking at me like, wow, like, this what? girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, but I mean, well, you're sharing this with like hella people right now. So. Oh gosh, <laughs> that makes me so nervous. But it's all right. It's all right. We're all friends here. And I, yeah, I believe exactly. that everybody tuning in is just like a really good person. So it's all right. It's all right. I hope so. I mean, We're there might friends. be some crazy people out there. It's all good. Get your oh, well. shit sorted out, man. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> happens. You can't you can't weed out all the crazies, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a crazy person hosting this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> but that brings me to, uh, oh yeah, I wanted to circle back towards like when we were talking about like the whole meditation thing, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's a powerful tool that a lot of people 
either like just shy overlook. away, f- yeah, overlook or or shy away from intentionally just because of like the connotation that it carries, and, mm-hmm. like oh, and what what is that? And, like okay, or, or at least in my experience, right? Because mm-hmm. like um, uh, people that I try to talk to about it, some of them are like some embrace it, and I feel like maybe now more than not, but definitely there are those people that are like meditating. Like, what do you mean, like? Do you like sit down and like do all yeah. this stuff? And I'm just like, no, like I mean, they don't that's it. that's a part of it. If you want it to be, you know, like it's it's you can structure it any way you like. But right. for what it means to me, or like what I came to understand, like I, like I said throughout this whole like psychedelic episode that I had in my life, you um, need to talk about it. <laughs> I talk about this. it too much. But <laughs> really? Yeah. No, but I, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, we can we can totally talk about that. All right. Um. Uh. Yeah. Like what what I came to understand for it or what I came to understand about it is that it's just mainly like just trying to clear your mind by like using your breathing to just zone out, you know, and try to find like that zone or like if it's, if you're like doing your meditation with like a specific intent Mm -hmm. just to kind of meditate over that thought and keep that same thought in mind while, like while you're just breathing. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's just mastering or controlling your breathing to the point where like your mind is settles and then like your, your choices and your, your like your train of thought just becomes a lot more clearer. I, I mean, and then again, exactly. like, this is all just personal. Like, no, you're totally right. A lot of people don't really focus on breath work. I find with meditation, it's just like all about the mental. But I find that breath work really does help me um, kind of narrow down my thoughts. And because, I, like I said, I wake up just like completely scatterbrained. Like I'm like, oh, and I'm very a naturally very impulsive person too. So, um, like. Everything that I've done to myself, like these tattoos, I have a septum ring now that I, I actually have flipped up. Like everything that I've done to myself or um, like the shit that I wear sometimes is just like very impulsive. And so I try not to make, that's gotten me into big ass trouble. So that's that's why I'm trying to meditate like <laughs> I feel more you, these days. I 100%. The, um, the impulsivity is just ruining my fucking life. So I just need to chill out, you know? Yeah. And yeah, definitely breath work helps me out so much. It's so important to me. One, uh, like one of the things I feel that like a lot of religions, like wh- whatever religion it may be, like either it's like Catholic Christianity or like uh, Islam and stuff like that, I feel like that the the whole idea of prayer is just like a very guided form of meditation. It's like the only intent behind it is just like positive, you know, like yeah, cool. Like you're when because when people pray, I mean, I hope people aren't praying for like death and shit. That would be fucking crazy. Damn. <laughs> We're out here praying for people to fucking die, man. Yeah. Reevaluate yourself. Yeah, please, please. No, but, but like, I mean, in general, like, you know, when people get together in like large groups of people, especially like at churches and stuff, like there's this specific, like they're using like the, the prayer or whatever it may be like as a mantra. And then they're just kind of like guiding the intention of like positive stuff behind it. So yeah. it just keeps propagating over and over. That's why I feel like I've, I've never been to a mosque or anything, but you should. We have one here in Laredo. Everybody's welcome. Honestly, anybody's welcome to. Um, observe and just to look around. We were very welcoming there. So. Do you do you feel like stepping when you step into the mosque? There's like a different air about it, like from yes, just establishments yeah. in general. Yeah, there's a very different vibe to the mosque. It's something that I can't explain and put into words. You just really, honestly, have to visit and, and feel see. it. Right during um, on Friday, we have prayer um, times. Like I believe in the afternoon. I don't know the exact time, but I can definitely like look into that and pass it on to Josh, and he can probably say on the ne- next podcast. But or um, put it in the show notes. That always happens. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I honestly encourage, like, if you're curious about Islam or um, Muslims and how they pray and stuff, go to a prayer um, 
I guess, session <laughs> on, on Fridays and just observe. And you don't have to do it with them. Just like sit back, see how it feels. And you'll, you'll honestly notice a shift in your energy and just like your mood. You just become so much lighter and like so much happier. I find that like, like me actually, like I like to observe people praying, but me actually praying for some reason stresses me out. And so I, I'm like not a typical Muslim. Like I don't pray five times a day and, um, you know, I smoke weed and like sometimes I go out and I enjoy a drink. You have tattoos. I have tattoos and yeah. piercings and like, you know, I wear fucking makeup and I, I love to dress like kind of provocatively sometimes or, you know, not like a typical Muslim girl. And so, yeah, but I still do um, consider like myself the core Muslim. Is there. Yeah, the core is there. Yeah. Because Islam itself, the word Islam means love. And I think I, I embody the, the foundations of Islam. To the core, so yeah. Interesting. I'm a modern girl, Muslim woman. I like that. That's pretty cool. But what, what I was gonna Muslim get at with like, the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole, um, um, like the difference in the feel of like the mosque or anything is like, uh, I feel like that's it's that way with just sort of like any holy establishment, if you think about it, you know, because there's like I said, like there's repeatedly people just trying to share like positivity in that space right mm-hmm. so i guess like if there's any if there's anything to all that woo woo stuff right like then there's always like this sort of air of just like positivity yeah. in in any sort of like i guess religious establishment and stuff like that so mm-hmm. sure. that's what i was that was my point <laughs> trying yeah. to get across but yeah like I, I don't know i'm curious i've never really like other than the face value or like you know like in history's uh, classes and stuff like that they're like where they cover somewhat like the religion as far as like islam mm-hmm. um i've never really delved into it too far yeah in school like growing up here they don't really delve into it and i don't know if it's well, like they give you like a historical standpoint yeah, i guess and yeah. then that's like but even then it's just kind of like a very very brief rundown on yeah, it. and then islam is like whoa the history behind it is so grand and i mean it's it's a course all on its own so i, I mean i get it but i do wish that people that uh, educators here uh, focus a little bit more on educating what islam means or even or not just embodies. even like islam in specific but just like across multiple just all sorts of religions like it's not a, a bad idea just to have some sort of knowledge of it you know because yeah. like a lot of uh what i've kind of been dabbling into is like the eastern religions like hinduism and stuff like that mm-hmm. like i've been reading uh, a couple of different books that are like dealing with like yogis and stuff like that so it's been interesting to see like their point of view and it's just so very like whoa like like the idea of enlightenment like reaching that level and stuff like that it's just like i guess i can see how it like parallels to like the idea of like heaven or whatever you know like just kind of but in a physical form experiencing that like through mental practice, I don't, I don't even know. Like yeah. this is insane. Like it, it really is. Um, like monks and all that. Like whoa! Every time I read an article or something about monks, I'm just like, how? Like they l- dedicate their entire life to reaching this point of nirvana or enlightenment, and I'm like, what does that even feel like? Like, will you ever even get there? I don't know. Is that like, like what you, it feels you're going like to dedicate die your entire or? right? Yeah. Uh, well, I've I was talking to this about a friend the other day where I. I was curious about, like, how it feels to die. And so I started to, like, um, do my research. And I, like, stumbled upon this documentary where, like, people have, like, been medically, 
like been pronounced as dead medically and yeah, then just yeah, come back yeah. to life. And like every single one of those persons said that like death feels so peaceful and calm and like they felt no fear. It was just like pure bliss. And I was like, I turned to my friend and I was like, God, I, I wish I was like kind of dying right now. Right? And she was like, Do you do we need to like take you to a psychiatrist or admit you somewhere? And I was like, No, no. Like I'm just I'm just saying that like these people, they just felt very at peace and they didn't feel scared. And so yeah, I mean like I don't even none of us remember what it's like feels like to be born. So I just feel like death is gonna feel like that too. Like it's just kind of this It's just gonna be. It's gonna be, exactly. That's such a nice way to put it. It's just gonna be. Or you just keep coming back and there's like this endless karmic loop that never breaks and that's just the nature of reality. I don't God, know. Who knows? The endless <laughs> possibilities, I know, right? man. Or maybe you'll crack through the simulation. And oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. No, yeah, we're definitely living in some sort of weird fucked up era. Yeah, it's, it's so... Donald Trump. I wake up every day. I, sh- I shit you not, Josh. I wake you up. I wake up every day and I'm like, there can it's can be real. Like it can be real that Donald Trump is the president of the United States, the leader of the free world. How? How did we go from Obama to and and I have my issues with Obama. I'm not saying he's like yeah, whoa, like all time yeah, yeah, best sure. president, right? But like you know, decent president to like what we have now and like the state of the world now is just it blows my mind. The the thing that's crazy is that a lot of people do feel that way. And in the sense that, like, what? Like, this guy is, like, fucking random. and he's, <laughs> For real. He's, he's a fucking, like, reality star host. I mean, reality TV host. And then now he's the president. But, like, ultimately, it's just, like, yeah, he might be a fucking asshole. And he does a whole lot of, like, dumb shit. But, hey, man, like, there's no more threat of, like, nuclear war. You know? Like, with at least with North Korea. Oh, yeah. So Dude, I don't that, that, What's your take on that? Like, uh, that's so crazy. Like the like, Korea's uniting? Yeah. It's and a then, long time coming. Yeah. For sure. It's just I just hate the fact that it was Donald J. Trump that right. made that shit happen. Like, shit. damn, it could People have been Obama. People are going to hate on that forever. People are going to hate on that forever, I Because, like, that's a tremendous feat. Yeah, you're, it you're, really is. Like, whether you like the guy, hate the guy. I mean, I, I'm not fond of the guy at all. 100% I feel the same. I have to commend them for that because shit. Like when I saw that video of them hugging, did you see that video of like the two leaders like crossing that border and uniting? And it was like, I cried like, like, it's it's a a weird time in history. Like we're living in a weird time. time. And I I felt so grateful to be able to witness that. I never in my life did I think I was going to be able to witness the Koreas uniting. I didn't think in my lifetime that I was going to be able to see that. It felt like so so far fetched, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Like the line in the sand is too deep for like, you know, but I, I, I fuck like it gives me a little bit of hope for the human race. Yeah, yeah, but I guess shit. Shout out to Donald J. Trump for right? that. <laughs> a little bit of world peace for you guys. <laughs> uh, is, w- the istru- interesting thing about that is that I was speaking to earlier today. I was at the sauna, just trying to detox from the fucking the sauna. Night. Oh my god, this guy! Wow, I love <laughs> from it. Last night's fucking Goals. drinking escapades. <laughs> nah, but um, uh, I was there with a with a cousin of mine, and and this one dude was there talking about. I have no idea how the fuck we started talking about, like, Trump and just politics in general. Always and comes up. Yeah, yeah. We were drunk somehow. We weren't drunk, though. <laughs> Everyone was sober, I think. At least we were. No, but um, it, it, it was an interesting conversation. He's the, the guy was like, I'm, like, very Republican. I didn't like all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And it's just, like, I don't agree with Trump, like, most of the time. And 
So he, he gave me like his rundown of it, and I was just, and he was like, I'm 43, so I just feel like the, like the establishment is like the way to go, you know, like I'm more set to like the stuff that's already set into tradition and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, bro, like my generation is gonna like completely change that. Like yeah. it's gonna be different. Like I feel like that um, having Trump like win and just proving the whole like ridiculousness of like the the political system that we've had is like mm-hmm. up until now is just like self-evident you know and now everything's out there like from how corrupt the dnc was and robbing bernie of like the the nomination and i heard he's running again side note so shit y'all better fucking vote this time around i <laughs> right? swear to fucking god y'all tuning in if you were all for bernie posting on facebook and twitter and shit that you were like all for him and y'all didn't fucking vote for him you guys fucking better like this man better win this I'm time super around. apolitical to be honest i've never voted <gasps> are you serious yeah Oh my god! I've always Josh. been I've always been the fucking guy with the tinfoil hat that's been like, what What the fuck are we gonna vote for? Is two puppets of the same thing, man? Okay, that's me. right. That's I, me. I get that. I've always I get been that. that but right? look, would you rather Donald J. Trump being up there in that position or like someone else other than him? Like you know, at least that's I mean, why I, I voted. I'll, I'll that, be because super I agree with that. One hundred percent. I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably gonna catch a lot of hate for this, but I don't give a fuck. It's all good. A hundred percent. I would much rather have Trump right now than Clinton. Okay, explain why. That's interesting. Ugh. That's interesting. She just briefly, briefly. Briefly, it's just like um, again, it was like the establishment versus the not establishment. In this case, like Hillary Clinton, career political uh, fucking entity. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have just been like passing the torch on to I don't know, you know, and like keeping it almost like in the way that monarchies work, where they keep it within the family and stuff. And if right. you see, like a lot of families have had the presidency, so it was like, and then the. Um, fucking Bill Clinton had that shit and then now it's like oh it's your turn and there's just so much shady shit that surrounds Hillary Clinton it's like the Clinton Foundation fucking people dying and disappearing and shit like it, I was like fuck no this is way too this feels like I'm in a fucking episode of House of Cards I'm good I've take my chances again I didn't vote I just thought it was hilarious that people were freaking out I was like it was so you know it was fun. I think it was equally as outrageous or um, not the situation itself but the response of the public in general mm-hmm. If you remember the first time that Obama got elected, like how the atmosphere was then, where everybody was like, oh, it's the fucking end of the world. I don't know. All you know, this I honestly shit. don't remember um, Obama being, I just remember him being president and like being like really proud of that fact that we had like a black president finally. Yeah, but then it was, uh, I was super in tune to it because I, I was like, at the at the time, I think it was like uh, a junior in high school, the f- no, a freshman in high school, the first oh, time wow, he got elected. Yeah. So I was like, like into it, you know, like I was, like, keeping up with it and reading all this stuff that he was about, like, oh, change and all this other stuff. And for some weird reason, like I said, I've always been the fucking weirdo with the tinfoil hat in the corner. Like, I've, I was keeping an, eye, <laughs> keeping an eye on, like, the whole Patriot Act shit and, like, what happened after 9-11 and just the, the government continuously overextending, like, its power into our private lives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that Obama was on was, like, we're going to do away with the Patriot Act. No more, like, fucking spying on Americans and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. And, like, goes into office within, like, the first couple of... One of the first things that he did was just, like, extend it. And then he, like, ex- added, like, this whole thing where they can... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, incarcerate, like, c- civilians for, in, for an indefinite amount of time without necessarily having any evidence and all this oh, other stuff. Yes, and I was yes, like, so. what? Okay, like, yeah. we're, we're, we're... Like, you know, like, that when that happened, I was just like, you see... It's all the same thing. It's just all 
um, propaganda for like the million the military industrial complex to just continuously create war or mm-hmm. I, I don't know man too many it's, yeah yeah you can talk I can talk about this forever man like you can go into so many different facets about the government and their role in our lives so it's, yeah I totally get it but okay yes from that standpoint I mean I agree that they're both they're not angels both of them but yeah. I think I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a girl and I just want to shit. Yeah, I just want to see a woman shit, up there. I agree I wanted, 100%. I want to like, be able to like, tell my daughter one day, like, you we could have, be president. Yeah, for sure. Like, and look, I, like I don't, Hillary Clinton. I don't doubt that we will have one, but we got to do better than that. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know, like, I can agree with that. I, like, sure, let's have a woman president. I'm all fucking for it. Like, 100%. But... Come on, don't give me like fucking the main character of House of Cards, Alachinga. You know, like give me someone. <laughs> I've never seen House of Cards, but <laughs> okay, well it's like super a super like a political show with like a bunch of crazy stuff, but it, it's super. Is it good. Kevin Spacey? In yeah, that? he was on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys I have my issues canceled. with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> yeah, about the whole like the Me Too shit and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's so crazy. Right. I mean, I guess it, it was like it common was knowledge, but like I get nobody really came forth with, about it until like later, I guess. But okay, so wasn't his deal like? pedophilia though like that's yeah, fucked up yeah it's like bro there it's like one thing to, to sexually harass abuse or rape women but like when children come involved like you're and lock that bitch up like yeah and <laughs> also like fuck man i don't know like from what from the what i heard or what i read and stuff it was like a a young dude like a young boy 14 year old boy and stuff he's so apparently he's gay right that's so sad god i i wouldn't doubt it like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being gay, but, like, don't fucking touch kids. Like, like, please. Like, that's just, yeah, that's probably the most disgusting thing and the most evil thing you can do in my eyes. Me being, and like, working with children, I'm, it's like, I, I'm, like, I have to look out for that, like, signs of abuse and stuff in my kiddos. And so, yeah, I it just, fuck, like, it's probably the most disgusting thing out there. So, fuck Kevin Spacey, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. Also, uh, that Weinstein guy. Guy's a monster. Yeah, that guy. I've never even heard of Harvey Weinstein until all these allegations I, came out. I was like, who is this guy? I fuck him, but who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know him. I think I, I had never really heard about him either. Just like very, very vaguely, I feel, in in the series Entourage. There He's apparently like, like super powerful. Yeah, in he fucking ran Miramax Films, like one of the biggest studios or production companies. Whoa. So you remember like... Yeah, I remember seeing Miramax on, like, a lot of the fucking favorite movies that I had, like, growing up and stuff. Like, it's just like, what? Like, he was behind that? That's crazy. You know, but it's, I don't know, man. It's it's good that people are coming out against it, but then there's also a line that some people crossed that were like, oh, this fucking person, like, hit on me, and I didn't like it. And it's like, fuck, like, that comes into this crazy package called life. You know, like, sometimes there's going to be, in both directions, you know, like, sometimes women are going to hit on guys and they're going to be like, what the fuck? And sometimes guys are going to hit on women and they're going to be like, what the fuck? But I don't feel like it's enough of a grounds to, like, destroy someone's career about it. Yeah. You know, so but- are you familiar with the rap group Brockhampton? No. Okay, well, Brockhampton is, like, this collective, this, like, rap collective of, like, rap artists. Um, they have their own producers. And in the collective, they have their own, like, graphic designers and people that are in charge of, like, the visual imagery of, like, the group and stuff. Well, one of the main members of the group, his name is Amir Van. Um, allegations of him came out of him, like, being mean to his ex-girlfriend. And because of these... Um, 
like stories of him being like mean and yeah, like his ex girlfriend like spoke about it on Twitter and she went like she did this thread thing and said like yeah he was like an awful boyfriend and he would make fun of me when I was sad or, or it's just like stuff like he was a, just a shit boyfriend and because he was a shit boyfriend to this girl um, he got kicked out of Brockhampton and I love Brockhampton so that like fucking this I, I felt very conflicted because you know I automatically side with women whenever these allegations come out I'm like. No, no, like th- this is my home. Like you know, because sure. women naturally just feel for each other. We naturally protect each other. I, I mean, that's the way I feel. We have yeah. to, we have to look out for one another because anywhere you go, we, like it's just it's not safe for women out there. You know, I never really like understood the like I obviously understood that there's like uh, there are a lot or, or women in general are, like a little bit more threatened just because of like the physical differences between mm-hmm. men and women, but it never really came across clearer to me until uh, Dave Chappelle's stand-up special. Mm-hmm. Like, not the most recent one, but the one before that. Because he he was, like... He put it in a fucking badass perspective that I had never thought about. He was like, imagine walking around with a bag of, like, a million dollars that at, is on the side it says, this is a bag of a million dollars. That's what it feels like to be a woman. Cause, yeah. You know? And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, I had never thought about that. Like, Straight up. Do you 100%. remember, do you remember like, that last time when we were doing um, the podcast with Agustin? And after the, the podcast was done... I was walking to my car and I, I saw like this group of men yeah. outside my car and I was like, I quickly did a U-turn. I was like, hell no, I'm not walking to my car by myself because God knows, you know, God knows what for could sure, happen. For sure, for sure. I'm like petite, you know, and I, I don't fight. I can't fight and I just wouldn't be able to protect myself or defend myself. So I was like, hey, can you just walk me to my car? And that I have to do that frequently. So you can only imagine how just scary it can be at times. Yeah. It's, it's it's trippy. It's a, it's a trip. It's just like wow, like that's true, and I don't know. And then it's it's a weird like I don't. It's a weird road to walk as far as like those types of truths because there's people that can't accept that they're like either in in the sense that like they're too feminist to understand that like yes, there's physical differences between men and women. Mm-hmm. Like for like ninety percent of like the instances, like a man will be able to overpower a woman. You know, and it's just like there are biological differences between men and women. Like, you know, the, and it's so fucking crazy. That now there's like people that are like, no, there's no biological difference. Like, that's all just a modernist uh, fucking, what do you call it? The the patriarchy mm-hmm. and all, mm-hmm. all this other shit. Like, no, like that's <laughs> Fight fucking <patriarchy>. science. Like, <laughs> science is science regardless of who's in power or whatever. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it's there for a reason. We got to understand, like. I don't know. I, I find it outrageous. And thankfully, I haven't run into any situations like that as far as, like, fucking finding myself on the other side of the debate with, like, a f- hardcore feminist or, like, any, like, mm-hmm. social justice warrior or anything like that. Yeah. So, so I, I get, I don't know. I'll probably be pissed off way too easily. And, I mean, like, not even to, like, be violent or anything. Mm-hmm. Just, like, fuck, dude. Like, come on. How can you be, like, blind? Or, like, how do you choose to turn away from, like, facts? Right. And I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. But like going back to the whole Brockhampton situation, I, I totally agree where there are like are some cases that are just like, dude, this is this is getting too far. This yeah, is getting for sure. a bit this is getting like a, a this is becoming a witch hunt. Like um they, and, and exactly. that was that was probably the first case where I was just like, Okay, this is and, and it wasn't even about being like that I was a fan or anything. It's just like you ruined he was barely at the height like barely getting there. Like they're they're getting to be so popular and they're barely starting out and 
yeah, his career and his dreams are all over because he was he was a shit boyfriend. And and this was two years ago. And he's even acknowledged that since then he's realized that he was a terrible person to this young woman. And he was extremely ashamed and extremely guilty of the way he treated her. And he decided to seek treatment and he put himself through therapy and um, he became religious again, went to church and um, he talks about God in a lot of his interviews and the role that God has played in his life. I believe in forgiveness and I believe that people can change. 100%. I believe people can change. And this is two years ago, almost two, three years ago. It's like a completely you, different person. It, completely, yeah. completely. And it's like, it's so infuriating because it's like, God damn, like it was, you know, the reason why he was kicked out was because of the, the whole um, Stan culture. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when you stand a celebrity, have you heard of that term? Yeah, before yeah, you, you yeah. Stand? Well, like, you know, um, people that stand Brockhampton on Twitter, like they were just like, you better kick Amir out. Like, you know, the super feminist um, so, social justice warriors were like, that's not cool. Like, it's not a good look for the group. And because of that pressure, um, they were like, okay, fuck, like we have to, we just can't, this is out of our control. Like it's f the best thing to do for the group, for the image of the group. We're barely trying to make it and stuff. And so they ruined this man's career because and he was a shit person two years ago. And it's, it's fucking crazy. And I feel like they're, we're losing as a society, I guess we're losing our ability to like be, I don't want to say edgy because that's probably like the wrong word, mm. but like to assert our own beliefs, like, you know, like if I were in that position and if I were like a part of that group, I'd be like, no, fuck that. Like that shit is old. Dude's a different person. Fuck you guys. Like if you guys want to, you know, like if you guys want to take it that far, I don't care. Go for it. Like, mm -hmm. but that's just me. Yeah. Like that's, I feel like I, I wouldn't want to compromise my own convictions for the sake of like the, the masses at large. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's just crazy because they were they were an independent group and then they like signed on to an agency. So mm. I feel like the the whole the, um, pressure, the pressure of the agency too, and like I think it the agency definitely like played a huge role in his dismissal of the group. Um, but because they were like as close as people can be, like they were just the closest group of friends. I mean, these were friends, and they're actually based out of Texas, San Marcos, Texas. So like, nice. yeah, and so these kids like were raised with each other, and like they knew each other, and like I can only imagine how divided and conflicted they almost feel. But yeah, that's just a perfect case for what you were, you exactly. were trying to touch base there, on. There was also this other case where um, at some university, some girl was accusing a guy of like rape or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be false. Oh no! But the guy got kicked out of the fucking university, oh like lost scholarships, God. all this other stuff. So it's just like, you know, like it's easy to always side with like. I'm not gonna say women in general because it doesn't always just apply to women. There's like both you sides of it, definitely, right? Like definitely. The, to side with like the victim or whatever isn't always the right thing. Like I feel like that's why people that interpret the law and like execute the law should be you know like objective to stuff like that but yeah fuck it's in a day and age where you can literally just talk to everyone all over the world with mm -hmm. like twitter and all this shit it's it's difficult to you know still be innocent till proven guilty i guess yeah that's why it's important to dig further man investigate know the facts before you speak on something Perfect example, and this really doesn't have anything to do with the whole Me Too movement and yeah. stuff. But like, I this was kind of like this kind of blew my mind. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen that 
um, photo of the little boy behind the cage. He was like in this um, like cage. It, it had to do with the whole, you know how like there's this new Trump policy where they're separating children from oh, immigrant yeah, families. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yeah. was this very, uh, it went viral. It was this picture of a boy behind a cage and crying. And um, like that photo went viral. And I even shared it on my Twitter. And I was like, oh, my God, when I saw that picture, like I was instantly triggered and my blood was boiling. So I like put something like, oh, my God, this is the state of our world right now. Like, how did how can you defend this? Um, how did we even get here? Something like that. And then I found out yesterday that that photo was um, taken out of protest of the, the policies. It wasn't even like an actual kid detained yeah, like and stuff. Fucking and dramatization. And I realized that, like, yeah, and I was like, God damn. And that that photo was shared by millions and seen by millions of people around the world. And everybody was fucking heated over it. And it's like it was, you know, the little kid was crying because I guess he I don't know, for some reason. But it was it wasn't even like a closed cage. It was just a protest of the whole um um, Trump policy and it was yeah I, I think just, it had just been crying because it was loud as fuck yeah exactly it just goes to show that you just really really need to dig further and know your facts and know your sources before you speak on something because it can really just 100% just um, deter or just influence the minds of millions of people and and I, I still I mean don't get me wrong like the Trump policy is bullshit like it's the most inhumane evil thing ever um, but we have to be we have to be honest about it and and speak on it truthfully and share what's like share the real shit. It, it's it's not even like fuck, man. Like I hate to bring this into like generational lines and stuff, but I feel like that's what it is. You know, like a the baby boomer generation, the generation after them, like or the ones that are before us. Like I guess we're considered millennials, right? So the generations before millennials. It's funny because they give us so much shit that, like, we're so fucking entitled and all this other shit. Well, it's like, well, you guys are leaving us, like, a fucking half-destroyed planet, first of all, so fuck you. Yeah. And secondly, like, you guys don't know how to, like, get along with each other. All you care about is, like, your skin color or, like, your fucking bank account or other shit like that. It's like, there's no more human connection. Yeah. And I feel like with our generation, we can change that. For sure. Right? I yeah, know. I already see it. I'm like so inspired by our generation and like the generation below us. It's just, it's really I'm kind of scared for the generation <laughs> after <you>? us. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers out here eating Tide Pods and shit. Like, oh, oh my fucking Don't God. do that, please. I don't even know why that became a thing. I don't know. It was the silliest fucking, I don't know, man. That shit was, it was crazy. Like, yeah, we all have our dumbasses in each generation, but somehow they let those dumbasses run the world. <laughs> in the previous generation <laughs> yeah. but but yeah like it just this whole this weird time that we're living in with like Trump as president and then just the way that this last election went through I really feel like it's opened a lot of people's eyes to like the absurdity of just the political system you know yeah like, definitely like mm-hmm. there has to be a better answer you know there has to be a better answer and it's just it's so it's it's a slippery slope because at, at it's times like these were like, if we're not careful in the way that we, like, execute our changes or if we don't, if we allow even, like, the slightest miscalculation, then, like, we can end up with, like, another fucking dictatorship or end up in, a, like, some crazy Philip K. Dick dystopia or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, there really is the opportunity to create, like, a perfect planet, you know? Like, why why is that not possible? Like, who who's who's to say that, like, no, like, we can't do that? Like, why the fuck not? You know, like, why yeah. can't we all just get along? 
and I guess it's very like super ideological. And I mentioned that I felt like I'm super ideological in that last podcast that we had. But I just like no, I'm not gonna accept that as an excuse. Like, sure I am, but why can't we do it? Right. Like, who? What? What's gonna stop us? Like, you know, like, exactly. and if you are trying to stop it, then everyone's gonna see that. You know, like if if we can collectively come together and legitimately be like, this is for peace amongst like everyone in the human race because we're all humans Mm -hmm. living on one fucking planet yeah so like if 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 people can go against that then they're not humans (laughs) definitely i feel like it's already starting yeah for sure like it's already like i don't know how what i even call this new chapter this new movement but i can feel it where everybody's just getting tired of the shit that's happening right now. Like, we're just over it, man. We want change. And people are demanding it now. Like, they want it fucking now. And so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the years to come. I know it's they're going to be... It's going to get bad before it's going to get good. But it's okay. It has to happen that way, I think. I think. Is your... Well, you mentioned... I'm going to make, like, a super hard left turn. But you yeah, had mentioned that, that your family was... Uh, very religious, right? So, like, the like, would you say yeah. devout? Like, yeah, super devout Muslim. Were or were they also like superstitious? And how, like, in what sense? Like, is there any? Okay, like, I'll give you an example because mm-hmm. I'm, I can't really put it into words completely. But so, okay, in in my family, like, there's my parents and my grandparents are like super religious or whatever, right? So, and but they always had like these weird superstitions, like, oh, um, what's a good one, dude? Like, like the egg. Yeah, like the whole egg yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Oh, the lemons behind the door. Oh, I haven't so heard of that one. Explain that one to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, for everyone listening, you probably didn't hear David, but he's saying that you you keep a lemon behind your door, and like as you walk by, like it will absorb your bad vibes. bowl of water with like four to five lemons and that's what happens see so like those those type of things like was there ever anything that you noticed in your family like that um well okay so for example i've had this necklace um for about three years now my dad gave it to me the last time he went to lebanon or the time before because the last time was just very recent and um it says mashallah no this one actually says i have two this one says inshallah it says um that means um god willing and so we always have we always try to wear something that's Okay, sorry about that. Well, I okay. had the microphone too far from my mouth. Sorry if <laughs> y'all okay, didn't hear okay. that. Um, but we always try to wear something that's um, like that reminds us of Allah and and um, yeah of God on our body. So whether that be jewelry, um, clothing, I, you know, just something that reminds us of why we're here. And so yeah, I have this necklace, and so that's something that like I feel like a lot of Arabs wear. We wear jewelry that just reminds us of. Uh, of our religion, of our God. Um, another thing is like the Hamza sign. Like we call it al The hand, right? The, the hand, hand, hand with yeah. the eye. Um, a lot of people wear jewelry um, with that, like the Hamza or just the eye. Um, and it's supposed to like ward off evil energy and negative vibes and keep you safe and protect you because we do believe in the evil eye. And that's something that that's um, common in your culture, too. In the Hispanic yeah, culture, it's sure. the evil eye. And or whatever or that's th- where yeah. the whole like egg thing comes in, right? Yeah. To protect you from that. And, and that's true. And um, yeah, I would wear that. So like whenever we would go out to weddings or events, my mom would make sure that she would always put like a necklace with the evil eye on it. So that it could, um, because you know, my mom believes in that, and she she just didn't want me to get sick or something like that, and 
And so, yeah, that was always on my body growing up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I, I'm just curious to, like, like I said, like, it's just interesting to have someone else from, like, a different, completely different culture, you know? Like, it's, but at the end, it's, like, a lot of it is so similar. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just funny. It is, It just yeah. proves, it proves my point even further. Like, we're all just the same thing with, like, a little bit of different There's details. universal themes. Exactly. Like, all the archetypes and stuff like that, you yeah. know? And then, and then, like, even then, like, at the base of all the current religions that we have now, or at least, like, the, like, as far as, like, Islam, uh, Judaism, and, like, Christianity, like, they all come from, like, a certain source, probably, like, whether it be Egyptian or, like, Sumerian, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, like, like, I've always been intrigued with the idea of, like, well, if, if the religions that we have now are all just, like, retellings of the oldest stories from, like, prior civilizations, would that mean that the pre the first civilization would have, like, the right religion, you know? And then if you go back to, like, the, like, ancient Sumeria, which is what we consider to be the first civilization, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, their religion is fucking wild it's like people from another planet came and crossbred like with the fucking i don't know some form of ape and created us to like become their slaves and mine gold for them and and so it's it's, yeah it's so trippy it's like (laughs) it's it's weird like we're doing a whole episode on that soon but on on aliens (laughs) uh no no no. like uh it's the creation myths of the ancient sumerians and the anunnaki and stuff like that oh that's something i i i probably very ignorant on <laughs> well i i know that i am so that that'd be interesting i'm excited to listen to that yeah and um but yeah like it's it's just so weird to like know that like even even that um in their text or whatever like in their creation stories like they still have the story of the flood like the fucking their their deity like dying and then rising three days after yeah and it's all common like, yeah, in exactly. all these religions like this man in the sky um just Dictating whatever goes on in your life. And so it's just like, com- there's this show actually on Netflix. God, and I can't even remember the name. I'm sure you've seen it. And it talks about this. It's like in the very first episode where it has like all of these religions. It compares all of these religions. And you can see. Is it that the it Zeitgeist has- one? Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know that. Um, and you've seen it. So, yeah, it, it like outlines all of these religions, like the major religions. And like it, it um just talks about like the commonalities between them and it's like whoa like yeah. that blew my mind i was like yeah. that's so true like holy shit like we're pretty much th- all of the major religions are so similar except for like m- you know i feel like minor minor differences yeah and then and, like even the the weirder ones as far as like hinduism with like they're all their gods and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's like they still all have like at least like their main god has like the same like at or details attributes whatever it's like like Jesus and like all these other religious entities, right? Yeah. And it's just like, wow, like even even the idea of like religion being a dividing line is like not really. Like everything is still the same. It's just mm-hmm. different names. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And people think like in Islam, you know, like we refer to our God as Allah, but they think like Allah is like a completely different God and stuff. And it's like, no, the word Allah means God, <laughs> you know? And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's just, just the Arabic word for, for God. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I think it was back in like, maybe high school or maybe middle school where um, there were one of my classes, definitely my history class, was talking about uh, Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And they brought up this one quote. I don't, I'm going to butcher it. I'm not exactly sure how it goes, but mm-hmm. it was something to the effect that like God is like an elephant and we're like an ant, but and we can't really perceive all of it together. And different ants are seeing different parts of it, but mm-hmm. they're all describing the same thing. Yeah. Something like that. And That's I was just like, wow. That makes perfect sense. 
it's all the same thing. It's just different perspectives on it, you know? Like Yeah. Yeah. I actually, side note, but I visited Gandhi's house when I went to India. Whoa. Yeah, it was really cool. They preserved everything, like um, his meditation station, like how he would sleep. He would sleep in this like cot looking thing. It looked so uncomfortable. And like his shoes and his robes. It was really, really interesting. But yeah, um, I later found out, because I, I always thought in my head like Gandhi was just like, this beautiful-minded man. He did so much good. And um, not even to, like, go deep into this, but, like, it turns out, like, Gandhi's not an angel either. Nope. <laughs> He's, like, slept with underage girls and stuff like that for... I don't know what the logic was behind that. I guess to um, just convince, of him, convince himself of his faith because he would kind of, like, um, just do, like, little self-experiments and be like, okay, can I... Or like fight the temptation of like sexual desire or something like that like so weird it's like bro yeah, you couldn't dude. have figured out a different way <laughs> to do <laughs> a that a thought experiment or something you know you didn't Shit. have to actually go out there you know but, but yeah it's just it's all th- from like the books that I've read and more specifically like Siddhartha there's this whole like I don't know if it's like cased or not since like they do have like the caste system in India mm-hmm. but there's these group of people that are known as samanas mm-hmm. that are just very like transient um, beggars and poor and like all they do is like fast and meditate all day and mm-hmm. just walk throughout the country and like somehow like get fed and stuff like that go from door to door and like okay and that's that like a so big sense. part of like you know like yeah. their search for enlightenment and stuff like that. And, um, India was really um, a shocker to me, honestly. I would see people sleeping in the streets, like in the middle of a busy market. You have these um, usually old elderly men and women sleeping on the road. And people would um, not obviously step on them, but they would go around them or put down food for them right next to them. And you know, so when they wake up, they have food to eat. And it was, they they take care of each other over there. And um, even like I, I loved it because... Like the Indian people are some of my favorite human beings in the entire world because I'm I encountered people that were just extremely poor, um, either were homeless or living with other people, and you know just like just very um, underprivileged people, and they still offered me something no matter where I went. Like they'd be like, "Do you want some water? Or do you want this apple or an orange?" And they would offer me something, and it's like these people don't have anything. They don't even have shoes on their feet. And they were still willing to give, and they didn't have anything. And that, that was just like so inspiring to me. It really changed my life, because I before I was very like I, I guess you would say materialistic. I would get upset if I didn't get the latest version of the iPhone or the iPad or I mean not the iPad, the iPod. And, um, I wanted all of these like very pricey things because I wanted to like prove something to people. And coming back from India, I was like, none of that fucking matters in this life. None of it. Like, it, it doesn't matter. It's like what's and you like the heart that you show people, the the way you treat people, um, is just speaks volumes, and that's what matters in this life. Not what you wear, not like what you, you know, listen to, or the places you go, or your Instagram or your followers. Sorry, you do. <laughs> I yeah, try not to, music, but sometimes music I'm like taste is like very important to me but i don't belittle people when I, like if they listen to like some korean pop or what's k-pop yeah that's K-pop, that's like yeah. very popular these days it is i've David's you know a big fan. You, you are oh he's like <laughs> hell no <laughs> but um 
I have friends that are into that. And honestly, like I've tried to get into it and like see what it's about. And it's just not for me at yeah. all. And I find it a bit silly, quite honestly. And sorry to anyone that's listening right now that's into K-pop, but I just, I'm not into it. But I'm not going to be like, you fucking lame Like, I'm not going to not be your friend because you listen to K-pop. I'm like, no, bro. I'm not going to do that. But I'm, yeah. There's, there's like, um, all right, I'll, I'll just tell this brief story. So there was this girl that I was seeing, like, a while back. And, like, our musical taste was just so very different. And there was, like, some common ground. But, like, like let's say, for example, if we ever went out and she was driving, all that would be in her car playing would be, like, reggaeton. And okay. I'd be like, dude, like, I can't chill to this like <laughs> you know like I, yeah. this is not for me like it's and then like whenever we'd be hanging out or whatever we'd be at my place and i'll just put on like some music and i don't know i'll put on like maybe like chicano batman or like the, the growlers you know, the, the, oh. oh yeah the growlers is good too yes. i recently got into them thanks to google radio because i was like chicano batman radio and then like they would throw on those tracks i was like yeah yeah i'm feeling this this is dope <laughs> and i'm the opposite that's how i found out about, Ch- about chicano batman through the growlers nice yeah that's pretty cool yeah but but so yeah so like just overall like kind of just I don't know and then, and then she would be like oh, what the fuck I feel like I'm gonna go to sleep and all this other shit and <laughs> I was like dude oh like my goodness. enjoy your culture yourself please god damn yeah. like, like not that there's anything wrong with like reggaeton or like that type of music mm-hmm. or like trap music and shit like that but like I just you know like I, I don't I don't live constantly at that frequency I can't what or country, or country? oh my god I can't stand country. You know what? I can't. I used to say that until I moved to Kingsville. And, man, I had to get used to it because that's all there is. There's just country bars and country clubs and shit. Like, not at the country club that we have here. Like, an actual club that just plays fucking country music. Like, like what's that club here? Or, uh, um, rumors? Oh, it closed it, down. <laughs> or Cowboy? Yeah, Cowboys. Cowboys. I've been there once. I felt so out of pocket. But, anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah. But, yeah. Con- okay. So, country music isn't so bad. I can't. I just it's can't. So- like... <laughs> It's too, it's too, tw- oh my God, even worse. What, what did he say? Country rap. <gasps> There's such a thing? It, thank, oh my God, it's horrible, dude. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh my God. It's terrible. That's hilarious. And I just can't, like, but, but anyways, like, I think, I, I guess it's a little bit pretentious, but it's just like, dude, like, fuck, like, I can't, if we can't chill, you know, and like, mm-hmm. just have some chill shit playing, then like, what the fuck? And I mean, and obviously things just like didn't go well it's right away. Was yeah. it because of the music? <laughs> no, no, oh. no, not even other <laughs> factors. But that was a big thing. Uh, not maybe not even a big thing. I'm just over blowing it up right right now. But um, for the story's sake, I guess. Right? Music but, is important to a lot of people, yeah, so it's, I it's, understand. It's pretty really important to me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I I grew up around it a lot. Like I played a little bit myself, and like I tried to be like a rap artist for a while. <laughs> to much to my disdain. And um, <laughs> my brother is like currently in a band with like one of my best friends. And like, I'm just always around it, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, and it's just been a big deal for me. And I've, I don't know, like I kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little pretentious when it comes to music, but I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Yeah. Growing up, I never, I wasn't around music a lot, like English music. Um, I was mainly, um, accustomed to like Arabic music and it wasn't until middle school that I really like started learning about American music and finding out about a lot of these bands so I was like late to the party man like Destiny's Child and seeing Backstreet Boys like I had to start from like the very very beginning and I did dude I would spend like an hour every day watching like back then when MTV would actually fucking play music, play music. Yeah. <laughs> 
like I would sit and watch TRL. That was my shit. Yeah, and TRL honestly, I feel like cultured me a lot, and I really um, was exposed to all of these great musicians and stuff. So, yeah, um, I was late to to the party, but yeah, I feel like now I've. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty <laughs> caught up. Like, I, Dude, I, I feel like my music taste is pretty neat. So, But I'm, I'm very open to the one genre that I, I refuse to absolutely listen to. I will walk out of the room is, like, screamo music. Okay, like, there's... I feel you, but there's some bands... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, but I there's just There's some that are good. There's some that are not. <laughs> like, there's some bands that all just sound like the same thing, and mm-hmm. then there's bands that kind of mix in, like, regular singing with that. And like, okay, there you go. Like, yeah, I like that. No, you have to understand, I'm a very anxious person. So that yeah, just... Yeah, I can see that. I, like, I panic. Like, I have to leave. I've I so badly wanted to be okay with it. Like, I've gone to a couple shows where they've had that type of music. I just couldn't bear it. Like, I had to leave the venue. and Like, I, I really couldn't take it. But, yeah. I mean, if you're into it, by all means. You know, it's just one thing that I... I tell people, can you please turn that off? Like, yeah. that's the only type of music that I'll tell people that to. Otherwise, I'm, like, very open to different genres of music. And I won't, like, make fun of you like you, Josh. <laughs> I, will, like I will call someone and I'll be like, bro, what the fuck are you playing? Please change that. <laughs> and sometimes, like, when I hang out with uh, some of my friends and, like, uh, more specifically, like, my friends that are in Austin, like, whenever we hang out and they're driving... Well, they'll put on, like, their trap and shit. And I'm just like, bro. I like, like trap music. I, I do, too. But, like... Again, like I can't drive around to There's it. a mood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You have to you be in a certain I mean? mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if we're like, let's say we were just hanging out, not doing this, and we were just like having or doing this, but like with music in the background. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't be able to be like, yeah, let's fucking put like some, I don't know, like future or some shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are certain songs that I can jam, but like, shit, I don't know. I, I, I and I'm a hip hop head, and like, a, oh Tejano, I you know what? Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so I really like. Okay, so recently I've been exposed to Maluma's music. Yeah, I don't good. understand a fucking word. Actually, no. Um, the other day I looked up Felices Felices Los Cuatro. Is that, that the name yeah. of the song? Okay, it's a very popular song. I love the sound of it, and I love like whenever I'm like out and about here, it comes out all the time, you know. And I dance to it, and I love like dancing to it and stuff. It like get, gets me in such a good mood. But like, I really wanted to know. Like what it meaning. meant <laughs> and I, I was like when i read the, the lyrics i was like bro what like this, this is, song is about infidelity <laughs> i was shook i was like oh i don't know about all this but <laughs> but, but the, i really like the just feel the of it the way it makes it, you yeah. feel and like it gets me hype and dude i love spanish music and i wish i so badly wish that i understood all of it but like i never tell my friends like turn that off even if I don't understand a fucking single word, and I, I don't, I, I would never tell them to turn that off um, because I, I like listening to it. I really do. For sure. Mariachi music, even. Like, I just, I really en- enjoy listening to, to Spanish music. Even reggaeton. I'm like, okay, this is sh- this shit's hype. Like, it's lit. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, there's a, pla- there's a time and a place for it, and that time and the place is only on the dance floor. Other than that, please just don't play it. Mm-hmm. That's the only time <laughs> I'm ever exposed to it. Yeah. I've gone to one quinceanera. Like I said, growing up, I wasn't allowed to do much. That's one of the things that I wasn't allowed to do, like go to quinceaneras and stuff because my family, and my family's like point of view, they thought it was like a very... Um, Debauchery or whatever? No, no, no. Like um, they just thought it was something very personal and, oh, and okay. like that. Oh, okay. Okay, I get it. You know, it, they just felt like it wasn't right for me to go for some reason. Um, and I was never allowed to, to go to most quinceaneras that I was invited to. The one 
quinceañera that I did actually go to was my friend Rochelle's. And it was super neat. And, like, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I don't remember much of it, honestly. I just remember her looking so great. Like, she had this beautiful big dress. And um, I loved how, like, it, like, family was tied into it. And it was really, really beautiful. And I, I don't really remember much just... You know, her dancing with her family and her looking so neat and, like, the 15 boys and the 15 girls doing, like, a little dance. Yeah. Really cool. I really fucked with it. Yeah. I was like, shit, I wish we had that is in there, our culture. I was about to ask, is there any, like, parallels to that? Like, a coming um, of age type of thing for you guys? No. <laughs> no. Um, we don't even really celebrate our birthdays. Like, we don't do anything outlandish for our birthdays back home. Like, we just get a little cake, um, invite some family over, invite some friends. Very simple. You know, nobody ever does something like super big yeah. um and like growing up i i we kind of kept that theme with all like me and my my parents did um with my brothers and sisters and me and like they never really threw us a birthday party it wasn't until actually last year that it was like my first real birthday party i had it here at the boogaloo with my friend andrea laflam she's my best friend and it was like the best time of my life it was the best time of my life like i still i still have people coming up to me and like telling me, like, how much fun they had, because it was honestly such a good time. Like, it was a bunch of my closest friends. We were all dancing, and everybody, like, was just, like, so happy. Yeah, and, for and sure. And I yeah. was, like, bopping up everywhere, like, just dancing my ass off. And it was, like, such, just, like, the room was filled with love and happiness and good vibes. Like, it was such a beautiful night. So This venue will do that, man. It's, yes, it's, it does. It has a special place. It really is a special place. So I'm, I'm so thankful. Like, that's why I, like, tell Augustine all the time, like, you don't really know how grateful I am for you, because... It, it really changed my life. And I, I'm not even being, like, well, it is kind of a dramatic. But, I mean, growing up, like, being that I never had an actual birthday party with, like, my friends and stuff, it was really, it was a really monumental moment for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you had that experience. Do you, does, in your culture, do you guys have, like, um, like, those type of, like, urban legends and stuff like that? Or not really? Like, okay, like, like for example. Like, La Llorona yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, no, I don't really know. We have, like, growing up, I, we heard stories about the shaitan. Like, the shaitan in Arabic means, shaitan means devil. So, like, my mom would be like, if you listen to music in the nighttime, the shaitan's going to come and get you. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like the equivalent of kukui, I guess, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And that's what they believe. Back home, it's very rare. Like, if you're not in the capital city, like, Beirut, Beirut is always bumping. Like, there's, there's like, a like a sixth street over there. And so like there's, you know, you hear music everywhere at all times of the day. But in small villages, you rarely hear music being played at night because they believe that the shaitan's out to play and it's going to influence you and for you to do like bad stuff yeah. and be sinning or I don't know. So yeah, my mom was like very against me listening to music <laughs> at night. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Have you ever had like any paranormal experiences? Um, or just like... I believe I lived in a haunted house before. We lived in that house for three years I truly believe that there was some entity that I, I could not see, but I could feel. Um, and it wasn't a negative entity per se. I never felt afraid, but I just felt like there was something, there's something here that I cannot see, but I, I truly feel. And I don't know what happened in that house or what was there before, um, but I, I feel like I did live 
in um, a haunted house. That's I wasn't creepy. scared at all. Like, I honestly, like, I didn't have any friends growing up, so I was just, like, so thankful. <laughs> it's just so weird. I don't know if that means, But I was like, okay, homie, I can't see you and shit, but, like, I know you're here and just know that I'm a good person. So, like, if you're cool with me being here and I'm, I'm cool with you being here. And so I feel like, honest to God, we have this mutual understanding that, like, I won't fuck with you as long as you won't yeah. fuck with me. <laughs> That's funny. And, yeah, but I do feel like some presence was there. I don't know what happened. And I asked the lady that owned the house one time I was like did somebody die here or like you know before you built this house what was here before she just kind of looked at me she looked away like she changed the subject and I was like lady I know you know something I'm hiding but, something from you but that's, that's still tricky. to this day I don't know I don't know but I could feel it other than that anything else like any of, anything of note no um, I've had opportunities to go to like haunted houses or um, what's that one place here in Laredo that the they, Mercy Hospital the Mercy Hospital yeah. like let's go see if you know, we feel something or get spooked or whatever, but I can't, I can't do that. I'm a, I'm a fucking wussy. Like I, I really can't do that kind of stuff. So, but I do believe and, um, the paranormal, I believe there are ghosts and, um, like demonic spirits and stuff like that. And that scares me. I don't even, I don't, I like listening to, <clears throat> excuse me, stories. <coughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> I'm like, my, <laughs> it's like, I've had a fucking hairball, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, I be- very much believe in that, but it, it scares me. It really does. I'm like a fan of all of that. And um, I don't know. I feel like if I ever encountered anything, I might be scared. But for the most part, I'd be like, nah, I want to see what happens. And it's funny that you like you brought up like demonic spirits and stuff like that. I, yesterday, uh, I went to the movies and I saw Hereditary. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that movie. It's so good. What is like, it about? It's I, Okay. It's just like. I don't even want to like ruin it. Spoiler alert I've for everyone never, listening. I'm never going to watch Hereditary. That's why I'm asking, but okay. shit, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert <laughs> now. So if you're listening, just fast forward to the end for like the song. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so um, essentially there's a family and they're, right? Like, so there's a wife, a husband, two mm-hmm. kids and their wife's mom was living with them and she passed away. So they buried her, all this stuff. And then the daughter ends up passing away. Oh, damn. Like, you have to watch it, dude. Like, for see, real. I, I can't. See, that's dude, the thing. I is. will never... After the one scary movie that I've seen in my life is the, was The Grudge 2. And after that movie, I didn't sleep for, I shit you not, like four days. Damn. My eye bags were down to my fucking mouth. I couldn't sleep. I, I was shook. Like, And it was The Grudge 2. It wasn't even like... I've been told that it it's, it's even not even Japanese scary. One. It's, <laughs> it yeah, it one, wasn't whatever. like even the scariest <laughs> one. But dude, that movie shook me to my core. I can't watch films that have to do with demonic spirits and stuff like that because like I said I do believe in that and yeah, so I feel sure. like if you watch it like you're gonna I don't know maybe like attract that kind of I don't know maybe but maybe if your you. soul strong enough it won't I don't know but um <laughs> Uh, no, so it's it's a really good film overall. Mm-hmm. Like not even just I've heard that it's so like a, a scary movie, but mm-hmm. it's a good film. Right, and that's what that's what I like the most about it that stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that like Stranger Things was supposed to be kind of scary, but it ended up just being like a badass story. Yeah, that's kind of like the feel of this one. But oh, it is cool. scary. Okay, but it is scary. There, okay, David's down. There's this one scene like close to the end. A spoiler alert again if you're listening. I'm sorry, sorry, but um, there's this one scene where the most of the family's already dead, and mm-hmm. it's just like the mom and the the son that are alive, and crazy shit has been happening, right? And they find out that like this entity has been trying to possess the son, and that's what's been going on throughout the whole movie. But they oh, they lay out 
like the most subtlest hints and like it all comes together so beautifully in the end. But anyways, I so love films that like that. Yeah, it's I so good. I'm telling you, watch so it. So beautifully directed and produced. We'll watch it together. I can't. I can't. I can't <laughs> do that shit. I can't watch movies like that. No, it's not it, for me. And so the 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 kid um he's like passed out in his room and then he wakes up cuz he hears something. Oh, his little sister would make this sound like all the time. And she's dead? Yeah. Oh my god, and that's so funny because that noise is like prevalent in the gay community. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that I like a main I wouldn't be able to take that shit seriously. <laughs> like, I would fucking die. You oh see, my god, there that's you go. Hilarious. Yeah, you found the, you found the chink in the timer. Oh my god, that's so funny. Have you, have you heard of like, like seen drag queens like doing that? Like, like I don't know. It's something oh, that they I'm do. It's damn so, it, you ruined so the movie funny. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! If I ever watch it, if there's ever an opportunity for me to do so, like, oh my god, I would just die if <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> oh my god! I can't even want to tell you the scene. <laughs> no, no, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so the 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 boy is like asleep in his in his in his bed or whatever, and he hears that sound, and he wakes up, and he's like, "What the fuck? My sister's dead. Why am I hearing that?" Yeah, and then so the camera's facing him like this, right? And you can see like the room behind him, and it's like dark as fuck, mm-hmm. and he's laying down like this. And then he like sits up kind of. And then in the fucking corner, in the darkness, his mom is on the ceiling like oh like God. a fucking like animal type of thing. Like boom. And uh. he never notices it, right? And he's like, What the fuck? Like he, he feels he feels weird and he's like, Mom, is anyone there? And then it's just all qu- quiet. And he's like gonna turn. But right before he turns, the mom like no 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 doesn't jump. This is this was what got me so good because it was so creepy the way they made it look. She like floats off of the wall and then out the open door, like we like swimming through the air, all weird. Like mm-hmm. and they don't focus on it, so you can't really see it completely, but it looks so fucking creepy. And the, the kid's like facing away the whole time. And as that's happening, and she just moves out through the door and he turns and there's nothing there. And he's like, what the fuck? And then he hears like a sound outside of his room, like in the living room or something. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh shit. And dude, that that right there, I was like, what the fuck? Like this is, that wasn't even the most what the fuck moment. There were so many what the fuck moments in that movie. That's probably like, I just kept saying what the fuck over You described that so vividly. Like I was picturing it as you were saying it. Like, whoa, I'm shook. Yeah. I'm telling you, you need to watch this movie. It's good. I can't. I can't ever. I'm a wuss. I'm just sorry. Watch but. it through your fingers. Like, fuck it. That's that's literally how I watched The Grudge, and I was still so scared. Didn't sleep like I said for four days, but maybe, maybe I'll, I'll can maybe get if you're some brave balls. enough. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. No, but th- that was a, that was a really good film overall, and I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Have you seen it, David? No, he hasn't. Uh, is that why you walked out of the room? Oh, uh, yeah. He's I, like so bitter about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went by myself. <laughs> Um, I was supposed to go with a couple of friends, but they, like everyone had other stuff to do, so I was like, ah, I'm still gonna go, whatever. Yeah. So I went, and I do not regret it at all. It was great. I haven't even watched Deadpool. No, I haven't. Still. What movie? Deadpool two. Deadpool. Okay. Um, there is this one film that I I want to go see so bad. It's called Ocean's Eight with Rihanna in it, Sandra Bullock, <laughs> Kate Blanchett. Yeah, oh I, I, I like I'm saying this. David's like, nah, I can't. That's <laughs> I, not my I, kind of movie. But like, it's. The film is composed of like seven or eight women, like these, Le- yeah, yeah, and stuff, yeah. Um, lead actresses, and they're all so cool. Like Rihanna's in it, and as soon as I, I knew that, yeah, I, dude, I'm like the biggest Rihanna fan like ever. So as soon as I found out that she was in it, I was like, I, I have I'm to. I'm gonna watch this shit. Yeah, so that's probably. She I'm, was I'm also gonna be in honest. that other movie, um, The Valerian. That movie was trash. The Valerian. 
I was about to say it. I'm not very big in the world of film. Dude, honestly. I'm super. I'm films and, and music. I was like, where I'm at, I think. Films yeah. and music, and I guess conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that's, love, that's like my realm. Love of. conspiracy theories, but film, like movies and stuff. I I feel like I I'm like worlds away of just getting um like being cultured in that sense but yeah like you need to tell me like you need to give me your f- top 10 like favorite movies and oh, i'll watch I them will. all but nothing scary please. no no no. like actually yeah. like scary movies are probably not even in my top 10 maybe maybe number 10 could be hereditary what maybe. would you say is like your f- top like if you had to watch a movie for the rest of your life what movie would it be the departed Okay, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, The Departed is directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, um, Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like a super badass cast of people. Alec Baldwin comes out. And essentially, it's a story of uh, Boston State Police, and it follows two storylines. So uh, Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio are the two main characters. And um, Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon both go into the Boston State Police, but Matt Damon is a a crooked cop that works for, like, this big mob guy, Mm -hmm. Jack Nicholson, and Leonardo DiCaprio ends up going into their undercover unit, working as, like, a crony for Jack Nicholson, and, like, it's just a huge drama between all of them, and um, it's such a beautiful movie. I love it so much. The acting is just so good. I have to say that's probably, like, I just saw it, like, not even that long ago. They recently put it on Netflix, Oh, okay, sweet. I have Netflix, so I'd be able to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's literally, like, probably, like, my top all-time, for real. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay, that's definitely going on my list now. Casino, that one's also on Netflix. That's a early 90s movie, mid-90s movie, also by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. Um, It's the story of this casino manager uh, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. he's the casino manager, but he's connected to the mob by Joe Pesci, like their friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it just gets out of hand real quick and everyone ends up dying. So it's a good movie. I feel like there's a common theme here. Like you like action movies? It's They're not even so much action. They're more like dramatic, like s- suspense thrillers, I guess. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're dramatic though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Because like, it's more about like, the acting of it and the the storytelling the storytelling of Martin Scorsese is just good like mm-hmm. overall like probably my top three or four movies are all films by him so there's that there's The Departed Casino Goodfellas and oh yeah Goodfellas is one of the best ones one of the best ones for sure and maybe even Shutter Island I would say Oh, I've seen part of Shutter Island Shutter Island yeah, is great it got really scary for me so I like for left real? the movie yeah so okay so like it was more of like a suspense type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's those. Um, the Hateful Eight, that's also on Netflix. That one's by Quentin Tarantino. Inglorious Bastards, also. Yeah, I've heard of that one for sure. With super Brad Pitt in it, good. right? Yeah, super, super yeah. good. Just good acting, good storytelling. Um, Pulp Fiction's good, too. I've uh, seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that style of just Quentin Tarantino's overall style is like what I really, really like. Like, mm-hmm. just. The way that he tells the stories, like the way that the scenes are shot, like even the dialogue in the movies and stuff, it's just oh my god. Want to know it. my favorite movies? Yes. Kill Bill Volume One. Yeah. And Kill Bill Volume Two. For sure. Those films are literally the first films that I've ever watched in my life. It was crazy. Like I, 
I don't know. I was at my friend's house one day and he was like, do you want to watch Kill Bill? And I was like, I've actually like n- haven't seen a film in like so fucking long. Are you sure I should be watching this? Like, <laughs> my first film in a while. And he was like, dude, yeah, it's so good. And I was like, okay. So we watch actually Kill Bill volume two first. Okay. And oh my God. I was like, I want to be Uma Thurman so bad. Dude, I want to be Uma badass. Thurman in the next life. Like I, I want to be her. Like any, oh, like I just, she was like everything to me. Like I love Uma Thurman. And then I, we watched um, Kill Bill volume two, like a couple days later. And yeah, those two films have like left like such an impact in my life. Cause <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think I my really favorite enjoyable. part of those two was the whole animated part that tells the story of uh, yes. Lucy Liu. Yeah. That part was so legit. It was incredible. I was like, what the All fuck? these different transitions were just amazing. The musical score. Shout out to RZA. He's a member of the Wu-Tang Clan that did the musical score. Uh, I honestly yeah. wouldn't know. I was looking at you. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know who RZA is. <laughs> uh, Wu-Tang Clan. You know Wu-Tang Clan, though? I do. Okay. Well, yeah. He's Familiar. also one of the producers and also one of the rappers. Nice. One of the original members, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he did the musical score for that. Um, what other Quentin I Tarantino film? Oh, uh, From Dust Till Dawn. That's a good one, too. From Dusk Till Dawn. That one's also on Netflix, I think, right? I think it might be. It might be. But, that's great. Um, that's a George Clooney. Quentin Tarantino comes out. I forgot who the second lead was, and it's someone that's big, too. But George Clooney's the lead. Um, and it's... Uh, like a drug deal gone wrong and it's a Mexican cantina mm-hmm. and it turns out that like it's all vampires in that cantina. Whoa, plot yeah, twist. That's interesting. Yeah, and then they're like trying to get out and it's it's pretty gruesome but like it's good. Oh, uh, Eva Mendes? No. Uh, fuck. Salma Hayek. <gasps> Salma Hayek yes. is so beautiful. Yes, she is. She's part Lebanese, I believe. Oh my god, that She's makes perfect Lebanese. sense now. Yeah. You got some Salma Hayek in your blood. Salma Hayek. You know who else is part Lebanese? That you guys probably know about this, but Shakira. Oh, Did you know that Shakira? she's Colombian and Lebanese? Shakira's dad wow. is Lebanese. That's a deadly combination. Yeah, and she's played several shows in Lebanon. I haven't been to one yet there, but yeah, she goes there often. And How do you, how do you feel about going to like uh, concerts and stuff? Are you a fan? Yes, yeah? love music festivals, love concerts. Um, ever since I moved out, that's something that like I promised myself I would do more of. And I've been going to, like the last music festival that I went to was Day for Night this past December in Houston. And it's not a very um, n- like known festival, but it's getting there. But um, I saw, I was able to see, um, let's see, uh, Cardi B. Um, nice. Who else? God, like I'm doing a blank here. <laughs> UMO was there, um, their Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Do you guys? Do you Never heard of that, but that sounds um, crazy. Who else? Solange, how can I forget? Solange, Beyonce's sister, yeah, love yeah. Solange. Um, so like all of these great, great artists, I'm like doing a blank here. Who was the other one? Tyler, the creator. Oh, nice. Holy shit. Like I was shook. It was, it was a great, great festival and it wasn't just music. It was also art theme, like art. Um, they focused on art too. They had all of these great art installations and stuff. It was beautiful. Such a great experience. Um, I like, I'm a big fan of Cardi B, like a huge fan. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with Cardi B? Yes. Huge fan of her. I was thoroughly disappointed with her performance. For real? Seriously. Like that's that you know what? That's a lot of the that's usually the case when it comes to rap artists, it, believe it or not. Because I've I've been to a couple different concerts and like it's just so underwhelming just to see like they're doing their thing and it's just like a backing track and like other people on stage are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it I mean, 
it's definitely cool. Like it's a cool vibe, I guess. But like, um, it's just when you when you're used to seeing like people like playing instruments mm-hmm. and shit like that, you know, it kind of like, bro. St. Vincent was there. Oh, nice. I love St. Vincent. She put on such a fucking great show. She was one of, like, the best performers there. But, dude, Cardi B, I was so disappointed with her. Like, she has Bodak Yellow, like, that um, standout, like, hit song. And I was so excited for her to perform that one and, like, a couple of songs of hers. And this was before her album came out, um, Invasion of Privacy. And it's such a great album, by the way. But I was expecting so much more of her. And then she came out and, like, she, it wasn't even that cold, and she was like, yeah, it's way too cold for me. Like, I'm Peace. only, yeah, I know she's like, I'm going to make this super um, sweet and short and just, like, bounce the fuck out of here, and that's exactly what she did. She didn't even. That sucks. She literally stood, for the most part, in one area, just stood there and just rapped, and no movement, no life in her performance, just, but- like. I was like, what the fuck? And I was so disappointed. And that's such a, it's such a bummer. Because I expect, like that um, music festival is super expensive, by the way. Like, to, Damn, to I imagine into. the lineup is pretty good. And I like stood out in the cold and the rain for her to perform. And she just like came out, performed three songs. was like, dry. peace out. Too fucking cold for this. And like left. And I was like, that's what shitty. the fuck? That's super shitty. Dude, yeah. And then like on social media, everybody was like, oh my God, Cardi B, like hyping her up. And I was like, you guys are fucking lying. Y'all know her performance was Trash. a total shithole. And you're just like, you were just excited to actually see her live. The, the best rap concert that I saw was uh, Wiz Khalifa back in 2012 at a Never Say Never music festival. Mm-hmm. And it was badass because it was hype. And he brought a live band with him to play like nice. the tracks. So that was like, what? It was pretty badass. Super cool. Did you go with me? Uh, no? That sucks. One of the best ones with me was with, 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 with Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi here in Laredo. Oh, I was fuck. just I didn't about go to, to that. I'm so sad. I mention him. I went. I went, and it was amazing. It was fucking great. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's he put so on legit. such a good show, and he was such a good sport about it because, you know, like, there wasn't a lot of people. It was, honest to God, like... Such an embarrassing crowd size. Like, I was so disappointed in Laredo. I was like, come on, man. Like, it's Kid Cudi. He brought out Logic. He brought out, like, a, some other person. <laughs> I can't remember. Sorry. Logic but, um, before he was big. Before he was big, yeah. And he put on such a good show. And I remember at one point in the performance, he was like, he saw me. He was like, this is such a good size for me. This is such a good crowd size. And I'm so thankful intimate. to be here. Was, I'm so humbled by all of you. And he was such a good sport, and it was. I felt like so like embarrassed for him, but no, he took it like a champ, and he put on like such a good show, and it was honestly was such a him. great experience. I love Kid Cudi. Have you heard the new thing that he put out with Kanye? Uh, I haven't actually like listened to Kanye's stuff. I haven't listened to Pusha T's, um, his album, Kanye's album, and the new Kid Cudi and Kanye. Album and then yesterday, the new Nas album just dropped. The too. new Nas album, yeah, I'm oh so behind. Um, I just started listening to the Nas one, like. Today when, I heard we, when I was at the gym, awesome! Oh my god, so good, so fucking good. I was just like, shit, yeah. We're listening to it right now on the way over here. It's fucking good. There's so much good music coming out. Yes. I'm so pretty excited. And f- you know what's even crazier that Kanye has been producing all of these albums. That yeah, came out. Kanye as a producer, love. Kanye as an artist, really, I love, I love. Such I've always, a good artist. I've always been super into him since like way back in the day. Like, Kanye even, as a person, though. Yeah. Even as a person, like, I feel there's so much misunderstanding of what he's trying to get across. I mean, you know what lost me was when he said, like, slavery was a choice. I I literally, like, when I saw that, my mouth dropped. 
And I said, like, this guy has lost his shit. Yeah. He has lost it, man. Well, he's a fucking human being. He's fallible, just like any one of us. Right. But, but like, you bro, know, like, when you have that platform, when you're, you have this sure. God-given platform, and you say some dumb shit like that. Yeah, like, influ- I'm not defending you know? his point of view on that. And I'm not so concerned with that because that's a, like I said, that's like low hanging fruit. That's mm-hmm. obviously one of the easiest things to pick apart. Mm-hmm. But what the, the one that I don't understand is like when he was wearing the Make America Great Again hat and oh, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I got what he was trying to say as like I'm trying to like reach out across the aisle and like be like, you know, like we are all equal. Like mm-hmm. I'm just, it's about love. And then everyone was like, how could you do that? All this other shit. I'm like, well, exactly. Like you guys are buying into like, what the media wants you to like be divided and he's going across that going against that and being like no like this is like still like you know like yeah it, it's a weird like way to do it but like i get the message behind it and like and he mentioned it like in that song yay versus the people and i was like yeah like it fucking makes perfect sense to me it's like when the bloods and the cribs were like warring and then they finally made peace it's like it can't happen unless someone reaches out across the aisle you know and like i get that and I respect that. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, like, why is it so difficult for people to see that? Like, all they see is Trump, and they're like, fuck. And like, yeah, he has a fucking terrible persona and all that stuff. But like, if you really listen to what Kanye is talking about, he's just talking about love. And that's what pisses me off, where people are like, Ugh. I'm like, sure, okay, he made that dumbass, like, slavery, like, comment. And, well, he's a fucking regular human being. And under a lot of stress, more than any of us, probably, like, and... I don't know, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, it's, yeah, I can empathize, for sure. I'm not saying that he was right for saying that mm-hmm. about the whole slavery thing, but I'm just saying don't focus on that and focus on the other stuff, like the positive side of it. Right, but it just kind of threw me off. Yeah, like, for man. sure. But I, I definitely can... You know, people are... This, like, whole cancel culture that that's prevalent nowadays, like, you know, when an artist fucks up and they're like, oh, nope, Peace. that person's canceled. Yeah. Not gonna fuck with that person anymore. And it's like... Um, no, like that's cancel culture is so toxic. Like, how can you just easily dismiss a person that way? Like, you know, I believe in forgiveness, like I said, in second chances. Um, but like, I not that I canceled Kanye altogether, I was just thoroughly disappointed by his words. And not just that, like, not the whole slavery was a choice comment. Like, there was other comments that he made on Twitter that was just like very outlandish that I did not agree with. But I, I can't separate the person from the art. From the art. I can I'm I'm able and to do that as and an artist. He's fuck one of the best for sure. Yeah, and I, I agree. Opinion. I agree. Yeah, his music's always been around. Like even, dude. Like even, fuck. His way back is like middle school. I think that was the first time I heard like college dropout and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's just like so different. My beautiful you know, like, dark twi- twisted oh, fantasy changed masterpiece. my world. Yeah, fucking masterpiece. And on that note, I'm gonna let's we'll close on that note. On a high note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because um, uh, I think Augustine has like shit to do and stuff. So I just want to get out of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and so well, like, uh, when I usually close out the show, I'll just like throw on some local artist music and stuff just to write out. And so today we got a song by Dos Leones called... Wait, where'd it go? Oh, shit. Wrong button. Dos Leones. Dos Leones Interstellar. Peace, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in.